What's up, guys? Welcome to the Strength Connection. I'm your host, Michael Krakowski, and I'm here to connect you with the top minds in the world of strength to share stories, insights, and experiences to help you become stronger every day. So today, I have an incredibly inspiring man join me on the show. Many times I throw feelers out through email or social media asking, who do you want to see come on the podcast and who would be interesting to chat with? And this man was recommended multiple times, so I had to reach out. I have Luca Cursor from Montreal, Quebec, the owner and head coach at Hardstyle Kettlebell Montreal. He's a strong first team leader and flexible steel instructor, and he joined me today to chat all things kettlebell, strength training, quick and the dead, and simple and sinister. So Luca is an incredible guy, and from researching him a bit, I found that his origin story is quite a bit different than many people in how he found himself in the world of training and strength. He actually got into it when he was sentenced to seven years in prison, and how he used that time to not only get fit and strong, but he also became an incredible artist. So Luca spoke with me about life was what life was like growing up for him that led him down this path, then how he came to change his life in prison, and then wanting to make a difference when he got out and spread the message of strength. So he's an incredibly humble guy with a real life-changing story, and it was a pleasure to host him on the show. I know you guys are going to love this episode. So you can check out Luca's content on YouTube at Hardstyle Kettlebell Pro and on Instagram at Kettlebeast. Right. So lastly, if you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to subscribe so you can catch all new episodes every week and leave an awesome review for me. It does so much in helping spread the message of strength and I greatly appreciate your support. So without further ado, let's get on with the show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you on the inside. All right. And we're back. Luca, thanks so much for joining me, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you yeah. for inviting me. Yeah, as I said, it was kind of, uh, I had quite a few people reaching out and said, you need to talk to this guy and get that in. So I was like, all right, I started following you and kind of seeing your journey and kind of experiences of how you got into this world, which, you know, we'll get into yes. in a minute. But, you know, one thing I, I really loved about starting to follow you is just you have such a consistent message over and over again. And I think is that it? is... Oh, absolutely. And I think it's a, Thank you for validating. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I had, uh, you know, I had Jonathan Goodman on uh, recently, who's, you know, the personal trainer development center has built, you know, a lot of online based stuff. And we were talking about that. Just I know that, Jonathan Goodman uh, through following, I follow him. Yeah. And I've uh, read, a, read a, got some of his books, but mm-hmm. I never met him personally. I never talked to him before, but I hear he's amazing. Like he's an amazing guy. Yeah. And, and, you know, the big message about it is just, you know, the consistent message. There's a lot of really good coaches, a lot of really good messages out there, but it's the fundamental messages over and over again. Just have Correct. to keep putting those out. I read his stuff, actually, message. Jonathan. And one thing that he says always in his uh, in his post is the basics work and it's not sexy. You just got to repeat it. Yeah. So a lot of the, the best things, it's like mundane, repeatable, and just got to do it over and over again. But it's getting those coaches that will put, help you through those things. Yeah. You know, and and us, me, that's exactly what I do is I do the basics very, very well until they're perfect. And then we could do other things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, that, that's one thing I've always praised from being in a community like Strong First and talking with a lot of, you know, uh, people and I know you're a team leader with the with the community is it does praise a system and it's, mm-hmm. it just hammers down a system over and over again Correct. putting it in and principles principles absolutely. and then there's the methods mm-hmm. yeah and you know it's a it's the community like you said before and the school right yeah but it's but it can be tough I know for a lot of people to not want to go down the route of trying to find the sexy marketing message to get more people to hit that dopamine hit and just keep that strong, powerful message of focus on not just the basics and the fundamentals, but just keep it within a system and just keep following the course and keep building that up. Yeah. Both ways are are fine. It's just, you know, also we have to say, what's your style, what you enjoy. Fitness is great. And there's many great ways to train. Um, many different systems to follow, but I think people are getting too distracted with too many systems mm-hmm. or too many things. They don't focus on one. They don't get good at one thing or um, they try to do too many things. Yeah. So problem now is that people do too many things poorly mm-hmm. and they don't move well. So this is what we help people with is first is make them understand that they have to move well before mm-hmm. they start exercising and, and lifting and stuff and, and, and training. Exactly. So exactly. depends yeah. also your age range, who you work with, your type mm-hmm. of clients, the students that you have, whether you work with kids or adults or older people, 
um, everyone has to be treated a little bit differently, right? Generally, so. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, I mean, as I said, we can get right into this stuff, but I'm gonna, I'm going to back it up a little bit uh, for us, Luca, because My pleasure. I would, I would love to uh, have you, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about your origin story. As we said before, we recorded. I've, you know, it's like fought, Wolverine I've, Weapon X. You know, exactly, the <laughs> exactly the or the X Men origins here, and uh, because I know that the way that you found really fitness and kettlebells is quite different than probably a lot of people have found it in there of kind of could have gone down a, a very different path than what you're on right now. So I'd like to give you the floor and, um, yeah, kind of, uh, just tell people how you got into this world and what kind of brought you in a nutshell. I spent seven years incarcerated, Mm -hmm. but it originated with me dealing drugs at at a young age and my father being alcoholic and, uh, my parents separating. And so I had a, I could say, uh, distraught uh, childhood uh my my dad died uh when i was a teenager and i had to take care of him because he was a very severe alcoholic so i had a reverse role relationship with my dad because i had to take care of him and uh it created a, a kind of a feel that i had to support my family almost and i'd start doing drugs and wanted to make more money so money was my motivation it wasn't the drugs <laughs> I wasn't really that much into drugs. Yes, I was, but it wasn't my main uh, focus. So it kind of led down a crazy rabbit hole where uh, I would do harder jobs where, you know, I'm not going to name any names or get into that much detail. Mm-hmm. But um, I, had, I used to transport drugs all the time. And I do these uh, cross-border transports where the risk was very high. And also the pay was very high. Mm-hmm. So that's what also motivated me to do it. So I just said one time in my life that I was so afraid for my life because of the people that I was dealing with that I had to quit. And um, I just did another uh, transport and I got caught. Wow. So it, I got caught in the U.S. I'm a Canadian citizen, but I got stopped in the U.S. Uh, in Virginia. And that was basically by fluke because my car broke down while driving back up home. So it was crazy because I was in the south um, of the States. uh, And it could be crazy over there because uh, they have a certain mentality that's not to be messed with, right? Mm -hmm. They're very serious about crime over there. And, uh, you know, you could say I got uh, the book thrown at me. But also, if you had gotten arrested somewhere else, it would have been it could have been even more severe. So mm-hmm. actually, I got lucky uh, in a way okay. uh, and okay. it saved me. You know, it saved me because on multiple uh, in multiple ways, on multiple levels, I uh, started studying uh, religion, uh, Christianity. Um, I started studying other religions like Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And I got into Buddhism actually uh, more and more, and I learned meditation, and I kind of converted to that way of life, mm-hmm. and uh, that was uh, exploring my mind and uh, understanding um, living in the moment, and understanding how it's okay to be with myself all the time, and just if you learn your mind, you're okay with everything. You're right. okay mm-hmm. with everything that happens, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So this accepting that. So it made it life in prison a lot easier. Uh, I was okay there because where I was, the prison wasn't um, high security. So it was more like a college, you could say a college campus with barbed wire fences, many cameras gotcha. and controlled movement. So it's controlled movement at all times. They tell you what time to wake up, what time is count time, what time you can go to the gym, what time is breakfast, what time you got to get back. All those things are, are clocked. Mm-hmm. And then they move you from place to place. So, you know, you could wake up in the morning, go to the cafeteria, go eat breakfast, come back to your, your room. And then they're going to open up the gym in half an hour. So you have time for extra coffee, you know, you, whatever, right? You have your routine. And um, I was lucky because where I was, we had a gym. And not only did they have a gym, but they also had a weight pit outside which in the yard. So they had a big um, uh, softball field. And with a volleyball court, 
a horseshoe and even um, a weight pit with uh, fences. You go inside and you just train. They have benches, squat racks, mm -hmm. dumbbells, barbells. Um, it's all like, it's all heavy metal. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have, they didn't have elastic bands or uh, BOSU balls or med balls or any other little thing, accessory that you usually find in a gym. Mm -hmm. It was all iron. That's it. Got Pull it. up bars, you name it. So we had to train with the, 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 the fundamentals. You don't get anything else. You don't get to activate your rotator cuff with the <laughs> right <laughs> little things like this, right? So, you know, it's just the world there was uh, more narrow and was more focused, and it was, I'd say, more primitive. You know, we didn't. Mm -hmm. We just had that calisthenic. It was just, you could say, the the main modalities that we have at Strong First, which is body weight, kettlebell, and barbell. Mm -hmm. And when you bear it down to those three things, that's really all you have. Those are probably the most effective ones. Mm -hmm. You know, you could include dumbbells as well, but a kettlebell between you and I, it's more efficient than a dumbbell. Right. Um, and try to prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot mm -hmm. because uh, which one would you choose? You know, you have one that's more simple and you could do more, more things. You could do ballistics. You can do uh, loaded plyometrics. Uh, grinds you mm -hmm. name it right so uh more efficiently that yeah. is so were you were you into any of weight training or iron training at all before you went to prison very or moderately this... but it was it was laughable so okay. i won't even it doesn't count mm -hmm. gotcha <laughs> okay really so really count, so really the track is i mean went going in really found more of the the mindset side with buddhism with christianity and then did that kind of bring you into the path of then working on the body? Now it's like, I have nothing else to do. Like I need to yeah. keep my body strong. Yeah. It was a uh, thing to be respected over there because the guys that trained survived better, so to speak. Oh. What do I mean by survive? Not doesn't mean I was attacked every day, but we survived mentally also because it kept us, going with uh, greater goals, something to look forward to, uh, feeling better also because, you know, training makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. So even if you're in prison, you train, you still feel good. Okay, what's next? What do I do? Right. So I was, I trained and I just was productive while there. I had all this time. So I learned how to uh, draw. I, I'm an artist. I learned how to paint. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a hyper realism, real, uh, realistic artist. And I draw portraits, hyper realistic portraits. So when I say hyper-realistic, it's as close to photo as possible. And um, I would draw, draw, draw all day long. And then I'd get so good that I'd be drawing freehand portraits just by looking at you. And I can start drawing you like that pretty easily. Wow. So at the beginning, you know, you start with just measuring. You know, mm -hmm. we had, uh, we, I just use tools. When I draw, I have like a grid. So I put it on top of a picture and then grid it out and measure like that. So it's like an artist tool that you have just for measuring lines and, and being good at uh, composition. Wow. So I learned that composition and how to mix colors. Mm -hmm. uh, I learned different type of media and art, like um, graphite pencil, pastel, coloring pencils, uh, oil paints, acrylic paints. Mm -hmm. So I use all those things because I just had the time and I really enjoyed doing it. And it created a passion for me. Art, art was a passion because I could do it all day long and love, love the process. Gotcha. And I just also fell in love with the process of training and the process of learning training. Because learning training is a study. It's like you're a nerd. You know, you try to figure out better ways. So mm -hmm. that was also my goal is to try to figure out better ways to get better results all the mm -hmm. time. So I'd have uh, all the magazines, men's fitness, muscle, mm -hmm. uh, muscle and fitness, uh, men's health. Uh, we'd get these magazines and sometimes we'd get other magazines like uh, Ironman or, or Flex, stuff like that, but mm -hmm. more like the muscle and fitness. And there was some good, really good articles back in the day uh, in muscle fitness and some strength programs mm -hmm. that we did and that we found really cool and really effective. But I did the bodybuilding thing for a while. Um, I started with bodybuilding, you know, following Arnold's training. 
Mm-hmm. And just the old school uh, prisoner training that they did in prison, right. which was they, they had their own style. So I follow guys that were in prison for long, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'd be my friends, and they'd show me how they train. So they were in prison years and years, and they just followed this this old school method, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that never really uh, stopped. So they used like typical body split that you do like Arnold. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, today we're doing chests and then tomorrow back and then tomorrow legs. So mm-hmm. they train six days, five, six days a week. We'd be in the gym five, six days a week, just different, doing different body parts. Mm-hmm. But then I wanted to try different things. I tried uh, full body workouts and I'm like, okay, this is more efficient because I can just activate all my muscles at the same time, all mm-hmm. the time, rather than try to isolate and this creates different effects that are more beneficial. It's more functional and uh, you activate everything. It's just more, uh, you, you, it's more, um, you could say it'll carry over to other, other uh, activities. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that the, like the work that you were doing with um, like withdrawing and some of like the creative stuff in there, do you think that was some carryover into wanting to kind of experiment more with different types of training oh, yeah. as well? Totally. Absolutely. I got so creative one time. It was the most ridiculous thing ever. I tried to mix everything all at once and it was just too much variety. So it was like, how can I get really creative but doing the same movements, but just change them up and try to do these different combinations. And sometimes they were really weird. Sometimes they were really good. So I learned from that and I learned programming and the more efficient ways and I'm like, okay, this is a total waste of time. So I moved on. Right. To the <laughs> so it's like I had kept um, a workout diary from day one. I usually, I would write everything or mm-hmm. not. I'd say I came to a point where I, I read like, okay, this is the best way for me, for me to actually write things down and see what I did so I can increase my weights. Because mm-hmm. then when you're there, you know, you want to increase your weight. So how can I do that better? How can I? get stronger and increase my weight. So, right. Yeah. I I think it's interesting because like last year, I remember there was a time when I started to get more into drawing myself and writing more of like some creative outlets, um, especially during the time of COVID when we were all locked down and it's, you know, a lot of people, we talk about training, like there's an art and a science to it. It's like the science is very important in following those specific programs, but the art of it is kind of sometimes just trying putting different things together kind of like a drawing sometimes the drawing shit right it's like oh you're getting in and you just throw it away like you said with the program like this isn't working (laughs) like this doesn't work but it gives you that recipe yeah and then over and over you 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 find recipes that work or ways little tricks that work better and Mm -hmm. you find what uh not necessarily shortcuts but the most effective way gotcha keep it you know Mm -hmm. yeah and then you keep what works and then you discard the rest Right. So did they, did they have kettlebells in, um, in prison when you were there? Is that where you found them? Yeah. Well, we had to order them because they were something new that we had discovered uh, because of Pavel's books. And then Mm. we convinced the, um, the rec yard supervisor to, to get it. And then they ordered a few pairs of kettlebells. And so I've been using barbells and dumbbells for years before I ever touched a kettlebell. Mm-hmm. So I started just the traditional body weight, dumbbell, barbell training mm-hmm. uh, with squat racks, benches. We would do it. We would do uh, all the compound lifts. Gotcha. All, gotcha. The, all of them. Okay. So, so when you were, so we're in- like we, would, we would do arms, we would do sit-ups, we would do um, abs, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I found also what I enjoyed because I found kettlebells super unique. Um, and I like unique things and super effective. Mm-hmm. So now I live a lifestyle that is uh, busy with other things. I have a family, I have a son, I have a business to run. So it's a lot of responsibility and I don't always have time for myself. So I don't have time for an any minute workout a day unless I really want to commit to that. But the most effective way, efficient way is what takes the least amount of time, mm-hmm. but will give me the best results and will at least give me a lot of benefits. So what's the right. best program? Right. So yeah. I've been yeah. staying with program. Now I'm at a point where I just stay with a program for at least a year. 
before I move on to another one. Oh, wow. Okay. If I just keep doing it over and over. Uh, that it just keeps, I just keep refining it, refining it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I found, I think that a lot of times people who really see kettlebells with that uniqueness are people who tap into the creative side of their life yes. a lot more because it sure. is a, it has the structured format that you can get from more of maybe like an engineer's type mind of like, there's, there's definitely numbers and things like that that you can crunch, but the ability to flow a little bit, the versatility of it. Yeah, it does Correct. seem like it does seem like How people. To move. Yeah. You know, you have different. What's so nice about it is that you could be creative with the programming as well as with the level of different exercises mm-hmm. because there's that much variety in the in kettlebell world, right? That's yeah. why you see a lot of people doing kettlebell flows, uh, kettlebell different movements that uses all the planes of the body, all the movement patterns. It uses ballistics and grinds. Uh, people start adding. Uh, more rotational movements Mm -hmm. uh and it works all the energy systems you know and they kind of nicely intertwine right right and one of the things you you wrote about was in the um that you said that training in prison kind of lets you transport yourself out of the situation that you're in kind of into a good feeling of being in i think that's such a good message because i think so many people could take that you don't need to be in that situation in order to do that. I think that is a, a mindset that you can put in. We saw a lot of times with people in the past, you know, year and two who, you know, got locked out of their gyms and stuff and had to train from home. And we're saying like, oh, well, it's a, it's a different feeling. I don't have the same motivation and stuff. It's like, well, you know, you can put yourself in, you can work on putting yourself in that mindset of transporting mm-hmm. yourself out. Maybe you can only work out in your living room or mo- only work out in your bedroom, but you can still get everything that you need to done. But if you kind of put yourself in that mindset of transporting yourself out of that environment, I think that's a really powerful message and yeah. a really powerful thing that you can do. It was something for like a meditation because mm-hmm. I'd focus a lot on that, on just sitting meditation or walking meditation or just awareness. So it's an internal awareness of what's happening internally and then also feeling good on the outside. Mm-hmm. So it gave me both aspects of having more energy um, being clear minded and, uh, it reduced my, my stress levels all the time. So it's right. helped me so sleep as, at night. <laughs> so as you were training and going through, um, in this time when you were incarcerated, was there a thought in your head? Like when you got out, you wanted to go into this field? Like I wanted to go into instruction. Yeah, absolutely. And build gym? Yeah. absolutely. I, I told myself I want to be a personal trainer. Okay. That's what, what uh, kept me going. And I'm like, okay, maybe eventually I'll open up my gym, but let's start with just personal training and working locally as a as a trainer and i kind of did that uh did that for at least five years good uh uh, i'd say three to five years and then i also came to a point where i had the opportunity the timing was right and i just decided i'd want to don't want to work for anyone else i'd rather i want to do my own thing i want to lead i want to run the place i want to grow the place i have a vision of what i want it to be or what i want it to look like and i've actually managed to grow a community here uh the kettlebell club mm-hmm. and it's a place in montreal where people come and they come and get stronger they come mm-hmm. and learn movement um, and people come for different reasons so it's it's been a quite fascinating that the the evolution mm-hmm. and then and learning how to run a business is a whole different uh, endeavor that was um, a learning process because you have to get good at it, mm-hmm. uh, especially during COVID times. You have, yes, to be, yes. you have to adapt quickly and you cannot be sleeping on it because it's your business. It's, it's my baby. Yes. You, know, yes. you want to make it survive. So you want to make it, find a way to make it survive and then thrive later on when you reopen it. Yeah. Uh, and then I've, I've been okay because I've adapted mm-hmm. and because uh, I really wanted it. It's a, my, uh, it becomes a passion or that dedicated to something, you know, you bring that to everything you do. Mm-hmm. So that's my approach. Yeah. Um, it, is a, and- it is a challenge sometimes on that. Cause I think a lot of times people go into it and they want to build their own place. Like you said, because you want to, 
it's it's a romantic viewpoint of not having to have a boss and like own yourself. And a lot of times the creative side can be like, oh, we're gonna I'm gonna build this yeah. place. It's gonna be awesome and stuff. But then you get into the business ownership and realize the, the there's the other was, side of it too. The thing that's interesting now is I sort of have a boss in a way you could say I look at it like that. Uh, but he's my mentor. Okay. So imagine that the, well, the the cool thing about it is that I read about Pavel while incarcerated and now he's my boss he's a friend and yeah. he's my mentor as well but he, mm-hmm. he was my mentor first right and uh, i i get to work with the team mm-hmm. so it's really really interesting uh to learn from him and and the rest of uh, strong first so did you go right into that avenue of of strong first when you got into personal training or did, did you do the Pretty nasa thing or anything like that or yeah, pretty much because um, I had learned about uh, RKC and uh, HKC and um, pa- everything, Pavel, all his books and everything through there. So I said, this is, this is it. This is what mm-hmm. I want. But I, uh, I had a wide scope of knowledge in terms of other methods. I had studied uh, Charles Polican before, uh, mm-hmm. other powerlifters, um, strongmen as well, and uh, bodybuilders. So okay. I knew by, by studying almost a little bit of everything is I had a good foundation for uh, what was out there. Mm-hmm. And, but what I learned when I learned about Pavel, uh, he was not um, in the media. He was not mainstream. Well, he was in the media, but he was not mainstream. So it, the, uh, the approach was very new to me. Mm-hmm. So... I found it kind of uh, at the beginning kind of weird that he, there was only an, a program with two exercises. I'm right. like, how is this possible? But then when I started reading the text and then understanding what he was doing is that this makes more sense. Yes. Uh, and this is, you know, and I started training, then I started training like that. And I'm like, man, this feels better. This mm-hmm. feels better on my body, on my joints, on I'm getting better results. And I could also help other people because right. now the, what the other guys are doing, it's not working. <laughs> yeah. yeah but it's funny. Like, oh, yeah. I'm doing Luca. It's not working. <laughs> My nickname was Frenchy. So they'd call me Frenchy. Oh, okay. because I, I'm French Canadian, actually. Mm-hmm. Je parle français. Yeah. Je, je suis Québécois. Okay. Je parle I, français, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm from Quebec and I'm French Canadian. So gotcha. Okay. No, yeah, you know, they, it was, it was interesting. Change. It was it was interesting learning about you know Pavel because I I kind of found him through Gray Cook and Brett Jones with the FMS yeah. system, and I kept hearing this name Pavel, like who is this guy? And okay. it's interesting. And I've I learned I, I got to meet him in 2010 when I did my first RKC, and always realized like there's an old line. It's like leaders don't ask to lead; they're called to lead. You know, and mm-hmm. I always see them. I always saw him as that as like he was kind of the behind the scenes guy that was doing all this crazy strength stuff and everybody working under him was getting so freaking strong when there's so many other programs that are going out and people are following it and they're trying to market it. Meanwhile, this yeah. guy's just back here saying the same consistent message of, you know, feed for attention and this kettlebell, what the heck is this kettlebell? Right. And I see all these people who are just looking amazing. They're putting, putting up massive weight. And I'm like, I need to find out more about what this guy's doing. And then I met all my other mentors through Pavel. Yeah, because what if you're associated to him, then I this is like uh, the top, the, the gold standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he, he put together I, the system from from RKC, which I know there's there's some differences to see from some RKC stuff to, you know, strong yeah. first, but the principles stay, you know, relatively. The I same. was uh, reading a post um, by uh, I think his his name is Gary. Last name uh, doesn't come to mind right away. Music. Uh, but. He's uh, he's with Strong First. I believe he's a senior instructor. And then Mark Chang had commented. It was uh, one of the old school weightlifters, Vasiliev. I think uh, he was he would he was doing uh, like an American style style swing overhead swing mm-hmm. for the kettlebell. So it's like a reminder that these things were still used back then, and uh, the way they use kettlebells still apply to the way they use it now is just different. Mm-hmm. Just have evolved a certain system. And then Mark Chang also said that back in the day, uh, Pavel used to train uh, his team and they used to do different uh, height swings. And if you look yep. at the videos, 
Pavel Zoll's videos. And then some of the RKC, like uh, Mark Rifkin was an old RKC since the beginning also. They would do swinging at a different heights. Mm -hmm. So they would have a, a regular swing and then a low swing and then even high swing, which is sort of overhead, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what, what's cool is knowing that uh, there's, there's multiple ways to do the uh, same movement as long as you do it safely. For us, those principles really matter and they, they kind of uh, coincide, you know, they run parallel. So now, now I guess it's for us, it's also about safety more than anything because we work with people. Mm -hmm. So you, you get different body types, you get different people. Exactly. So safety for us at, the, at my club is we, we emphasize it all the time. You know, we always talk about it with our students and we reinforce it. So, yeah. Well, and I think it's, you know, it's what you got to always remember with these programs too, is people who are at the top, we're always trying to figure out little different things. Maybe what's this thing that can be a little bit yeah. better or tries it. And some things don't work out right off the bat. You know, I've worked with Brett for about seven years now with stuff and you try different things over and over again. And some things, you know, stick right, you know, stick right away. Other things aren't so much, you know, iron cardio, strength aerobic stuff. That's something yeah. that is, is a home run right there. It's something that can keep building and evolving, but you know, it's kind of like, I remember, um, I had a woman who was in the old studio that we had, who everybody loves to snatch and wants to clean and press everything like that. All she wanted to do was swing. And it was a, it was a relatively low swing, but she was kept building her strength. She kept getting what she wanted. She felt great. And it's, I think that's one of the the things is like, we can see all the cool, fun stuff that you throw out on IG or something like that. It's like, yeah, all those things are good. But again, it's going back to what does the client want or what does the person really want? So yeah. a low, a low swing might be the perfect thing. Correct. And, uh, we have to look at, you know, um, con continue, con continuity of the, the process, right? Sorry for the, my stumbling, but, um, continuity of the process of training, whereas that if you want to get better at something, you have to keep doing it over and over again or find ways to improve it or switch it up, but just keep doing it. Also, you know, keep showing up, keep, it's that repetition of getting mm -hmm. better, right? Yep. yep. So, so when did you, when did you first, um, do your, get into strong first and get into your first certifications? Uh, the first cert I did was, was with John Engham. It was HKC. And it was the last HKC before the, the Strong First uh, team uh, started. Okay. Which was in 2013. Um, actually, uh, tw sorry, 2012. Mm -hmm. uh, I met John Ingham actually uh, 2012, a few months after I got out of prison. Mm -hmm. I would say I met him in December 2012, and I got out at the end of August. So it was like maybe... You know, four or five months later that I had wow. met John and it was crazy. It's an incredible so, guy. He was my he was my first team leader. So yeah. yeah. Cool. So you've been with the company Strong First or you were with RKC before? I started with uh RKC. I got into it's it's funny story. Brett came to a club I was working at and did the first ever level two functional movement uh screen certification nice. so we were learning all the rolling patterns and everything and it was a it was a small cert because it was the first one and uh we okay. hosted it at my place in clifton park new york and we amazing I, I think it was i think we had maybe like six or seven coaches at the time so it was us and then maybe three or four other uh, instructors just came from the different area. So it was, it was less than a dozen people with Man, Brett Jones, with, to, uh, with Brett Jones by yes. ourselves for two days. And, uh, one of, the guy, one of the guys there who came was uh, a newly minted RKC. And I knew okay. Brett was a master instructor and I heard of Pavel and at the, at the place I was at, I was kind of known as the kettlebell guy, mostly just because I liked him, but I was just, whatever I found on different magazines and stuff was, I was kind of that coach at 23, 24 years old that, whatever looked cool. cool at the time was in there. And then that morning before, I think the last day, a couple guys came early and Brett and this guy were doing some swing work. And I just kind of sauntered over there. It's like, Hey guys, can you check out my swing? Thinking I'm going to have like this awesome kettlebell swing. And they gave me a 16 kilogram bell. And for like seven minutes, they just critiqued the shit out of my swing. And I left no there like, Oh my gosh, what the heck did I just do? And I got a oh chance to talk. I got a chance to talk to Brett a little bit one-on-one -on -one during that time and ask him about it. And he said, you know, best thing to do is 
you know, just go and, uh, you know, go check out the course and get certified. So I, I signed, I signed up that it was around January. I signed up, went in April to Minnesota and met Pavel and, you know, John Ingham and all that. Was, they were only doing it in Minnesota, right? That I was the big Paul. one because Pavel was Pavel and John Duquesne were living there uh, from that. But yeah. then as it split to, um, you know, strong for us to just stayed with that program and stuff. And then, you know, got, you know, met Karen, you know, and got into the body weight work and stuff like that. Super. So it is a, it's such a, it's a great program. It's such a, I was always a, a minimalist type guy, you know, it seems similar to you and, you know, always kind of finding like, what's the, I don't want to do more. I don't want to do more stuff. Like I want to do mm-hmm. as little Bless. things <laughs> as mastery as possible to get the most benefit from it. And it's like you said, like a, you know, a kettle. We can be compared to lazy people, Michael. I know, right? Well, it's like, it's, it's almost like someone said it was like an episode of Star Trek. Like there's always another planet you can go search. It's like, there's always another way you can work with stuff and uh, kind of build just with different modalities of getting in. So it's a kettlebell is a planet. It is just like that. Right. So, so when did you get into uh, leadership when it, cause now you're a team leader and now you're doing it. It's been a few years. Yeah. It's been a few years. What's that experience been like? Uh, it's been really nice because you get to meet and be with your friends and your mentors mm-hmm. and you get to get, I guess, firsthand experience on what is the, the leadership is all about mm-hmm. because we are, we, of course, we have to lead from the front and we have to help grow the system, put it out there because we want it to be well known. Mm-hmm. And we know that this helps people. You know, we, uh, we want to bring the message out. We want to talk about the school of strength and uh, show people how it's done and, and teach, teach others. Mm-hmm. So it's been a really fun um, uh, meeting the people that I read about in magazines when I was incarcerated. So mm-hmm. oh, that's awesome. I got yeah. to meet my, uh, my superheroes. I know, right? Oh, that's great. So you said now you you do a program for a long time, going on about a year. What's your program like right now? What are you working on? Thanks. I'm doing um, Q and D. Oh, okay. Uh, but before that, I w- I did SNS for a year. Mm-hmm. And the thing, the reason why I stopped, Michael, is because I hurt myself. I hurt my wrist at a co- doing a competition, and um, I just hurt my just doing get-ups would hurt me so i had to quit yeah. i had to find something else funny it's so like, i just I said, what else can i do that's minimalist that won't take up, up a lot of time and what's what i'm reading right now so i was reading the book let's just do this let's try it out he talks about all the what the hell effects in the book that people got from doing the plan so i've been doing it for over six weeks now and mm-hmm. it's uh it's pretty good it's a uh, really, really challenging, actually. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, it's funny. I'm kind of on a similar path. I'm, I've been on a sinister journey for a while going back and forth with yeah. it and just been doing it for the last six months. But okay. same thing, the, the 48K bell resting on my wrist after having it's a little heavy. bit of some injury, yeah. it gets heavy. That's one thing that, um, you know, I've kind of went back and forth. I forget the last time when I talked with Dan, John, we were talking about that, about, the benefits versus the cost to benefit ratio sure. of heavy, heavy getups heavy because get-ups. you, because you are putting that heavy weight on your wrist. And I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a leaner guy. I don't have big forearms on here. There's the, not a lot of meat that's the going thing on with that program is that here's what, here's what you have to realize. You add a little bit of heavy at a time, just a little bit. And then you have to be comfortable with that heavy over and over and over again before yeah. you add a little more heavy. Yeah. So it's a little bit of heavy at a time, but that's the key is keeping that heavy feeling like pretty good. Mm -hmm. Where if you're ready to shock your body a little bit more, I will microdose the heavy. Right? You have to microdose it. Mm -hmm. So it's that build up. And what's cool about it is that you can pretty do it all the time, but as you get heavier, what I found is I have to do it less times Mm -hmm. in order to recover. So I'd have more recovery time between sessions. Yeah. For me, it was following that program and taking my time because it is timeless so mm-hmm. i will stretch it out um, i will do a set and wait two three minutes until i'm ready to go again or longer or sometimes shorter when i feel when i felt better so mm-hmm. it's more about me feeling my body you know and not uh and just adjusting as i go 
Yeah. That, that has been going for a while until I did a, a competition. Actually, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called the ZA Challenge. ZA Challenge is a challenge that Alexis Senard, uh, strong first um, senior instructor in uh, France, mm -hmm. Paris, he created this. And it's a really cool challenge. Okay. It's um, mainly... It's for instructors, but any uh, as any SFG could do it, but it's really for an instructor uh, challenge, right? So you have all six lifts. You have uh, the swing. It's going to be a double swing. Mm -hmm. There's the uh, heavy getup. There's the double front squat. Uh, there's the um, one-arm press, the double clean, and the one-arm snatch. Okay. The goal is to go as heavy as you can and to do uh, as many reps, clean reps as possible in one minute. So most lifts, you only have one minute to do as many lifts as possible. So for the swing, he kind of did a, he kind of spiced it up. He says they have to be dead stop swings. So you have to do as okay. many as possible dead stop swings in one minute. Uh, for the get up is as heavy as possible, nonstop. So you're, you, if you want to do one arm, you could do as many as you want on that one arm, as heavy as you can. The heavier you go, the more points you get. Mm -hmm. You can go lighter, but do more, more reps, right? Okay. Uh, but you have to, once you set it down on one arm, you have to switch sides. You have like maybe 10, 10 seconds to switch sides. You have to go right away. Uh, the squat is as many squats as possible within a minute, front squats. The double clean is dead stop cleans. Snatch is also dead stop. And the uh, press is as many reps as possible, as heavy oh. as possible in one minute. So I pretty much maxed out all my weights. Oh my God. As heavy as possible, I could. I'm a pretty light guy. I'm under, under 150 pounds. You okay. Know, I was like, around, I think during the competition, I was like 146. Okay. Uh, so I did pretty heavy weights. I think I did, I did was doing a double swings with 32s, double 32s. Uh, the get up, I used 48. Um, I did uh, the squat double 36, mm -hmm. press 36, uh, snatched 40. Yeah. Double clean 36 as well. And I heard myself doing double cleans. Oh, right? okay. After you know, doing a few of the other, other lifts and then the double clean, it just tweaked my wrist. Okay. And then it messed up my program oh. and I was not able to do heavy gaps with 48 because that happened, mm -hmm. but it oh. was worth it. Oh, that's a, Alexi, dude, that's brutal. <laughs> because I, I won second place and first place is, uh, was my Pavel? friend and my mentor is, uh, Pavel Macek. Pavel Macek. You know, it's, I had Pavel on, uh, I talked with Pavel a while ago on the last podcast and he, t I'm coming back to flashbacks of this when he said that Alexei he put, about it? and he's put this through and, uh, Pavel, one of the nicest and greatest guys to talk to Pavel Mas. For sure. He's absolutely, is absolutely incredible, but he yeah, was telling me about, about, yeah, he was telling me about, uh, this program of it talk about like a central nervous system burnout <laughs> in one program. It was, it was okay because we took a lot of rest in between each event. Mm -hmm. So the, you know, the exercises were, were very difficult mm -hmm. and you had to kind of, if you know, here's the thing, if you know your event, how long you have, then you can pace yourself. Yep. So I learned to really pace myself during that minute. So I do, let's say one rep, I'd set it down for maybe five to 10 seconds, do another rep, five to 10 seconds, another rep. Cause mm -hmm. it's very heavy. So it's like, you're working like 80, 90% of your max with every yes. rep yes. practically. Wow. Oh, huh. that's interesting. I'm going to have to look at that more. That'd be interesting. I have Alexei that's uh, we're supposed to connect at some point of uh, ask him about it. He, he'll yeah. tell you how it works. That'd be good. It is. It's with the, well, that's the thing about, about SNS training, which is interesting because it's, it's got so popular since Pavel's first book, Simple and Sinister came out. And then he did the revision yeah. and got the second edition out. And it is a, a, it is a truism that you can get incredibly strong, incredibly lean with two exercises with the swing and the getup. But yeah. as you keep I got really up, strong, by the way, I just did SNS and I peaked, I was able to do all those lifts very heavy. And Absolutely. I had not trained them. Yeah. But with the with the heavy weight that is on the wrist, like it is something just to be aware of. Talk with your coach, talk, you know, just be uh 
cognizant of it because I kind of did the same. I did, I did the test through with the 40 K and that felt great. The 48 versus the 40 is a huge, huge difference in there. And I mean, the swings in five minutes, just doing those and getting them chest tight is, is an accomplishment in itself. But after that, almost like a 20, 20, 25% jump. Yeah. Oh, Oh, absolutely. It's huge. But I thought the same thing. I was doing that. I was peppering back and doing get-ups with like the 32 or the 40, just to keep that weight off, give it some pressure. But then still it seemed like, cause even the, sometimes with the different bells too, like, I don't know if you've used rogue bells at all, but the, the 48, the difference of width between the handle and the center of the bell sits way yep. low on your wrist. I see. So it's, it's like, big. instead of so having a, a big width. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. So it's like getting just comfortable with that lower sit in there. Um, as soon as you yeah. get up to the, I think the 44 and up, it starts getting, cause the 40 sits nice and easy on your wrist, like kind of like a competition bell or a lighter bell, but yeah. it's low and it just is just, it a, makes a difference. The, the yeah. type of kettlebell and the type of handle and the way it's, uh, it's designed make make a huge difference. Yeah. So I just, I had to, I'm like, you know what, just don't keep trying to beat a dead horse on this, take some time off and doing now, uh, a lot of strength aerobics kind of iron cardio with kind of a Q and D type position with the roll of the dice and kind of having that little organized chaos. And, oh, and it's a blast. Absolutely. So one thing, um, Luke, I want to ask you, we talked about a bit is that you've repeated the certs many times over on that. And that's yeah. something that I know a few different, uh, instructors I've talked to about going back through to, well, say repeat, a refresher, but, I didn't, I didn't repeat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only did it once, but the other times were on the other side, mm-hmm. whereas um, learning to teach. So this was what, also a cool experience is that uh, not that you not not that you kind of like just look at the the students and you point stuff out and you kind of criticize them, but it's every time that I went, I learned something new. And sometimes it was just a couple things that made such a huge impact and a difference. Uh, and traveling, I got to travel the world doing that, which was w- really cool. Wow. So I, I had the opportunity to invest my money, invest my time into travel and learning from, from these guys, these professionals that um, are, they, they know everything that they're talking about and what, what they teach really works. Mm-hmm. So, was there anything right. was there anything specific right. that stood out of like that you you know got that you um kind of learned kind of going through the second time of like realizing like wow I didn't pick that up at the first time but then this yeah it, it it happens over time and it's a process the um I always enjoyed teaching first of all and teaching was it became kind of second nature and help helping others so it's a little bit that altruistic, I want to help and um, learning the best way because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a nerd and I, I love the, the details. Yep. Um, because also what you thought related to art is the way I, I, I draw or I paint is highly detailed. So mm-hmm. my, the way I see things is precise, right? I have that, that level of eye, I could point things out or catch things that other people don't see. Mm-hmm. So when I draw, I kind of get into the fine detail. So mm-hmm. it's that fine detail that I apply to my, my training, my, my teaching. And strong first is exactly that, is you have to be a, a freak for detail. Mm-hmm. You have to be a perfectionist. Uh, you yes, have to yes. love it. You have to do it with a passion. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh, with that simplicity that it's just what I had used before uh, during my, my incarceration was just the, the Bare, the bare basics, bare bone basics, because I actually started with calisthenics, mm-hmm. uh, not lifting weights, because I was in a cell uh, when I first got locked up. They, br- they bring you to jail, and jail is more of a holding facility before you get sentenced, unless you get bonded, unless you get bailed. I don't know if you know okay. about it, but mm-hmm. I did not get bonded or uh, bail, so I had to spend my whole time there. So I went to jail, transferred to after I got sentenced, I transferred to um, a prison. And even the prison has a, like a holding uh, area where they transfer you to different places. Mm-hmm. So they bring uh, most prisoners to one place and then they'll transfer them over to different, uh, different ones around the, the state. Mm-hmm. 
And where I got transferred, I was lucky then. They had a gym there. They had weights. It was more wide open. I had probably the worst experience at the beginning of my sentence because, because it was all jail time. And jail time is the worst because they treat, they treat everyone the same, whether you're, a, let's say, a, a child abuser, a, you know, hurt someone, a violent, a violent offender, or a drunken driver, or anything, any crime, they put you there. Mm-hmm. I got stopped with drugs. So I was in, in jail with all these people, you know, and then what uh, got me out was just the opportunity to apply for a different program because they had offered a therapeutic community. So while I was in jail, they offered this program. You could join at any time. You just have to put in a request form. It's a therapeutic community. And you join there for, they put you, let's say, for a couple months, like 90 days. But then I ended, I ended up like asking them permission to stay longer because I just did not want to go back to going in the regular population. Mm-hmm. So that therapeutic community was more like a dormitory rather than a cell. Because when you're in a cell all day long, some of it could drive you crazy. Oh, man. Oh, it man. could really yeah. drive you crazy. Because uh, you go from being free to put in a box like all day long. Oof. for months and months and months on end and then you don't see an end until you get that that sentence if mm-hmm. you let's say sometimes they um, don't give you any more time because you had completed all your time in jail but I had stayed over 18 15 actually 15 months in jail uh, non-stop so I was actually in that therapeutic community for almost a year over a year mm-hmm. So that was uh, what started, you could say, saving me, quote unquote, because I could have a little more uh, peace of mind, not be so stressed about uh, the next guy or uh, mm-hmm. the people that you're around. Right. Because right. you can run into gangs, you can run into right. bad right. people, you don't want to talk to everyone, you kind of keep to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of the times that's the way it is, your first experience in jail or prison, not saying you guys should go through it, but... Right. Uh, you have to keep to yourself and find people to trust that's kind of like-minded and mm-hmm. people you could be maybe sort of friends with, right? That could right. help you get through that time you're there. Well, I'm sure if you're trying to, if you can find an outlet of something that has some positivity to it, like yeah. getting in shape, like working out, like drawing, creating something, you know, Correct. it's like those things are, are such a value, you know, in it. And I mean, it's, it's tough because in the situation like that, where you really have no other choice yet to just do this or kind of stay in a box and just kind of be in your own head, which I'm sure could be, you know, just insanely exhausting, you know, from there. But I think anybody, no matter, like, I don't, you know, you don't have to go to, as you said, you don't have to go and experience jail in order to do these things. Like you can do them for yourself and uh, really use. And I think the, the, the creative outlet and the, the art, you know, aspect of it, I think is such a vital, you know, piece of it, especially with now, because people are consuming so much all the time. It's like when you create something and you could see what you created on that, it feels so amazing. And it just makes you want to do more good things just over and over again. It could be physical, but yeah. it could be the mental as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I was just lucky I had all this time. So I, mm-hmm. I did different things that I knew I was good at. Yeah. And that's with anything, training included, you know, art yeah. included, is you have to find something you enjoy and you're good at. Yeah. Well, and, it's, in- uh, it's interesting because, I mean, hearing from, like you said, like you were, you were thinking about getting out before you even went and then made this one run and that's the one that happened. It's like, I mean, people say things don't happen for a reason. I don't know. It's like, it seems like those things really are, you know, kind of hard to, hard to argue with of doing that. But it led you down yeah, this path you know, and now you're doing dream. so many great things. I think dreams come true. Mm-hmm. You spend enough time like visualizing it and thinking about it, wanting it, mm-hmm. you can make it happen. Yeah. So I think for people have to find that within them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes time, you know, for me, it didn't happen all at once. It was a working progress. Mm-hmm. Always had a thought that anything worthwhile takes time. No and perfection doesn't take time. Perfection yeah. takes time or yeah. doing it well takes time because lear- learning, there's that learning, right? Absolutely. For me, like, uh, it's like a, like a, like drawing or doing a nice art project where you put in that time and you like, you you want it to look good. Mm -hmm. So what I, you know, training uh, complemented those things. 
for my for my physical uh, and my mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Uh, drawing for my mental well-being, but uh, training was like the physical aspect, so I was able to merge both. Yeah. You know, do you as, usually uh, have it? Like, do you have a whole picture in your mind when you go into a drawing, or do you kind of just start doing like some outline-based work and then kind of see what it turns into? A little bit of both. both. You play. You play around with different ideas, and you, they come. They come together. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so with your so with your training now with Q and D, like, do you have a specific goal that you're aiming for with it? Or are you just kind of working more of like an intuitive approach on a day by day? Yeah, exactly. I want to uh, take the time to really get to experience the benefits mm-hmm. because he says it's a it, you know doing SNS made me realize that training is a pa- a patient man's game. Mm-hmm because it's going to be for a while for the rest of your life. So I got plenty of time. Mm-hmm. I got plenty of time. You know, it's, uh, I really enjoy the program. I enjoy its simplicity. Uh, and it's really challenging by the way, if you do it correctly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, right now, what is, what, what I learned from Pavel is that you can do a few things uh, if you if you do a lot of things, you can do them, but you have to limit limit what you you do. So I'm a, I do other exercises. I I do different uh, uh, lifts, right? So it's not just that, uh, but you have to do it in a way that's not gonna affect the other way, the other thing in a counterproductive way. Yes. So whatever you do, if it's a sport or you have a job or if you want to train more, you have to have one main focus or a very limited focus. Mm-hmm. You know, and everything else you do has to kind of complement that. Yes. So it's yes. a nice uh, puzzle. You know, it's you have to put it together and still yeah. be able to yeah. do things like mobility, uh, stretching, um, other movements. Mm-hmm. Um, I play sometimes with Indian clubs, with maces. Uh, I lift a bit of barbell. I'll do still do calisthenics, mm-hmm. still do those those things. But my focus is that program. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, you can really almost equate it to like having a meal. It's like you have your entree, but then there's a bunch of like little amuse-bouches, right? It's like the little case of stuff. Like I like and that. I, I just, like that too. So absolutely. I, I yeah. Exactly it's like that. <laughs> yeah. Like I keep it like a, like an iron cardio type thing, single rep complexes, but cool. playing around with, like you know, that. some hanging leg raises. I, I got the ab wheel back out, which I freaking hate that thing, but sure. it's like such a good thing just to pepper in and work with some anterior stuff so there's always if you those read um, if you read a lot of pavel's old books there's a q a at the back usually every mm-hmm. time there's a q a and people yeah. ask questions and he's like very straightforward you know no he's not gonna you know bush he's not gonna beat around the bush he's gonna tell you very directly what what it is yeah. so people usually ask well can i do other training programs or can i do this well and then uh, the usual answer is like no you should just do this but you know, this is variety. You could have specialized variety. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you got to add it like you, it has to complement, you know, you could train your abs, you could do different run energy, different energy systems. So it's knowing um, a way that you can manage all these parts and uh, getting the most out of it. No joke. No joke. So, um, well, Luca, this has been a blast, man. It's been great getting to connect with you and, uh, you know, hear your story. And, um, you know, like I said, I think I just the consistent message that you have with your club and with the stuff you put out on social media is, is so valuable. And it's like those, those you. simple, you know, so simple foundational good messages over and over again. Those are the things that eventually burst through and really make the biggest impact. You know, I really appreciate so, it. I thank yeah. you for having me on and, um, it's been nice. And also knowing that you've had other people to a caliber, which I really, um, am, I, uh, I look, I look up to, you yeah. know, so I look yeah. up to all the people that you had on your show. They're all like my friends or my mentors or people I look, I, I respect. So if you could put me up there with them, I, it's a uh, very kind of you. Absolutely, man. Um, so if people want to uh, check you out, follow more of your content, what's the best place to direct them? So I have a few main channels. If you look on my YouTube channel, it's Hardstyle Kettlebell Pro. And I always post on a weekly basis. And it's about what we, what we discuss. You know, we, we talk about programming, technique, tutorials, workouts. I try to be regular on um, on my YouTube, and I have an Instagram. It's called Kettle, Be- Kettle Beast. Kettle at Beast. Kettle Beast. Love it. 
Awesome, man. Awesome, so man. good. Again, great connecting with you. Uh, I'm sure we'll have to do this. Thank again. You, we'll, get, we'll get an update on your Q and D uh, over a period of time. And uh, listeners, thank you so much for connecting. If you want to follow Luca and his content, you know where to do that now. And we'll catch you on the next one. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope you came away with great stories and insights that you can use to create more strength and success in your life. Remember now, for a time, you can grab a free copy of the One Day Strength Challenge, the playbook that incorporates proven strength aerobics training along with the skill of intuition to help you create, design, and achieve your perfect training plan that fits around your busy schedule. Just go to www.thebreakthroughsecrets.com and grab your free copy today. It's your life. Make it the strongest possible. Catch you guys later.